Hey guys, it's Teresa, the host of You Can Tell Me Anything. Thanks for listening, and thanks to all the new listeners joining us. If you guys are just joining um, and want to leave me a review on iTunes, if you leave me a five-star review and screenshot the written review to me either on Twitter, um, at LeeIceT, or on Instagram, at TellMeAnythingPod, I will send you a personal private confession. So I've already done that for everybody who's left me a review so far. So if you've sent me a review and somehow I missed it, just send it to me again. Also, I wanted to thank our new Patreon confidants. Um, thank you to Nona Ray and RJ Bowling and the best Jeff. And to Roxanne and Aaron Verser for upping their donations. So thank you guys so much for joining the club. I did just post a bonus episode this week. So you can get in on that if you join the Patreon. Become a member for just $1. You can get access to the bonus episodes. And then there's tiers that go up from there. And what else did I want to say? Um, I'm eating a Nutella sandwich for breakfast. Um, I'm going on tour. Not really on tour. I'm just doing some road shows. I'll be in Austin this weekend if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out. I'll be there tomorrow, Friday, August 30th through Saturday, September 1st. Um, I'll be doing shows there for the Out of Bounds Festival. And then at the end of September, I'll be in San Francisco on September 26th through October 1st. So come check me out there, and then I'll be in Houston September 20th through September 23rd. So all those show details are on my website, TeresaLeeComedy.com. If you live in those cities, I'd love to see you. All right, thanks, and enjoy the show. You can tell her, you can tell her anything. She's a real good listener. You can tell her. Teresa, the host of You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where I have comedians confess something they've never told anybody before. I'm really excited for our guest today. She is uh, one third of a really fun podcast that I like called What's Your Sign? All about astrology. You guys should check it out. Please welcome Lisa Chanu. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Drop what you're doing. Take your hands off the wheel. (laughs) Give us a little clap. (laughs) Quit power walking. Put the brakes on. Yeah, quit power walking. Stop staring at that dog. Uh, that's what I do when I walk. I just stare at other people's dogs. <laughs> Not me, man. I used to walk dogs, so I'm like, I'm okay. Oh, really? I'm good. I like my dog. One time I met Blake Lively that way. I what? was living in the West Village, and I was just like, it was a time of my life when I was just, just I don't know, I was in school, and I was just like staring at dogs all the time. I don't know why. It's just like dogs <laughs> were making me happy, so I was staring at them when I walked, and there's a lot of good dogs in the West Village. So I was coming home. Like, I wouldn't look at the people, because in New York, you don't really make eye contact, and I saw this really cute puppy, like just a ball of fluff. And I started talking to the woman who owned it without even looking at her, just assuming she was a stranger. I was like, how old is she? And uh, the woman was like, her name is Penny. She's three months. And I was like, oh, she's so cute. And then I looked up to say goodbye, and it was Blake Lively. I would have lost my fucking <laughs> mind. To me, she's like the most beautiful woman yeah, that ever she existed. Was so, she looked as radiant in person I as she does imagine. on camera. She's like perfect. And she was smiling and just like... I mean, I think she's kind of problematic, but... Oh, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure she is. I don't even know how, but I'm somehow... I think she's like... Well, it's hard to be like, she's racist, because it's like she's never said anything racist, but she, like, is very much of that sort of, like, choose-to-be-ignorant camp, where it's like, I'm a beautiful blonde girl, and plantations are fine to have my wedding on, because it's, like, like, part of a different time. Sure, and, like, "Hmm, like, whatever. Like, (laughs) I don't know, and that's cool. It's cool to just not know, and it's like, all right, it's not, though, but, yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, but her dog is very cute. Yeah, and that's, that's amazing. <laughs> wow, I haven't seen many celebrities. I ran into Lou Ferrigno one time. Who's that? Uh, he was the original Hulk. He's like uh, older, oh. old school wow. uh, actor. But like, I haven't seen much living in LA. Yeah, well, they really are just around. Like, they really look like schlubby. I don't think it's cool to see a celebrity when they're just normal people. Like, it, yeah, you yeah. don't have the glamour factor. I don't pay attention that much to other people around. Yeah, so well, I was in line behind Fred Armisen at the post office what? nearby. So I think it what? <laughs> I feel like that would happen to me, and I would just not know. Yeah, well, because, yeah, sometimes what happens is I'll, like, I only notice when I have to interact. I feel like I pass yeah, people yeah. all the time without looking, but, like, I, he was in the wrong line, and I, I didn't want to cut him, but I was like, I think the line's over there, and he's like, oh, okay, and then he went over, and then I was like, oh, it's Fred Armisen. But he's <laughs> problematic, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. I don't know. Everyone don't is, know. though. I guess everyone is. I'm my, probably problematic. One, my old roommate, like, I don't remember why, how this came up, but we were talking about celebrities being problematic, and he sent me this Tumblr <laughs> that's oh. called Your Fave is Problematic, and it's ah. just, like, every celebrity and, like, stuff they've done wrong. I mean, I imagine, like, it's like you're not problematic until you're famous because nobody cares what you do until you're famous, but we're probably all a little bit. Like, there are degrees, of course. Um, well, I, like, looked up Amy Poehler because I'm like, oh, I think she's, like, great. And then it, it was like she did brown face and UCB sketches. And, uh. like, it's just, like, stuff like that where it's like that is really offensive. But I think yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's not. Like, I think it's, do they show growth? Have they recognized it? It's like, like we're saying about Blake Lively, like choosing to be ignorant, I think is problematic. But if you recognize like, oh, I was this person at this point in life and I've realized why it's wrong and accepting, I think a lot of people don't want to accept that they're wrong because it's, it's uncomfortable. Sure, it's uncomfortable yeah. to be like, I'm wrong and please attack me. But I think you got to do that in order for people to forgive you. I think so too. I also just think it's like one of those things where, uh, I mean, you have to allow people some room to grow depending on the level yeah. of the severe like the severity of the crime well also like, you i'm not gonna to allow donald trump oh, room sure, to grow sure. yeah That's there's like, a certain yeah. and it's also the punishment has to fit the crime like i don't know i'm not really for punishment but i i do think like so much of like with all the me too stuff so much of um so much of it has spawned a culture of fear which isn't what i want but i think what happens when i talk to like men who are afraid is like there's this feeling of like Okay, but they're sorry, right? So that's fine. It's like, well, you got to be... Or people would jump ahead like before someone's even apologized. They'd be like, well, uh, what are we going to do? Skewer them forever? It's like, nobody said forever, but in order to forgive someone, they have to be sorry. And a lot of the times, people are getting so afraid that we're going to put all of our heroes to bed that um, they're just like, let's just forgive them all now. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. there will come a time when you can enjoy your hero stuff again if they are really sorry and pay their amends. But like, let them do that like let them feel the consequences or they'll just do it again i also feel like there is this idea of like it's either like for some reason which it's not logical in any way but it's like either blame the victim or blame the perp right and it's like sometimes like things are messy like mm -hmm. not all of it is uh guy taking his dick out in front yeah. of you sometimes it has to do with alcohol consumption yeah. or age or like all of these other things and we need to find a way to just be like hey we got to figure this shit out and talk about it yeah instead of just being like 
oh, well, she was asking for, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, yeah. all this, like, verbiage that's so unhealthy, I think. A hundred percent, I agree. Because I was just thinking about the whole idea of, like, asking for it. Like, I was thinking about when I was a teenager, I would go to clubs, and I did want attention, but I was a virgin. I didn't really understand what men wanted. Absolutely. But I did get that there was, like, something sexual. I'm not an idiot. I was like, they're looking at me. There's something sexual. I feel sexy. I like it. Yes, that girl is seeking sexual attention, but, like, the root of it is, like, for me, it was about feeling validated and seen Absolutely. as a person, and that was the way that I got the, that attention, because I wasn't, like, writing, you know, essays and people, like, people looking at it and be like, wow, I will now ask you out. It was, so it was, like, in my mind, I'm, like, visually, if I dress myself up and, like, slut it up, I will get the attention then for someone to ask me about myself and hopefully make a con- deeper connection and be emotionally connected uh, so was I asking for that? Yeah, but like, do men take advantage of that? I think they do. Absolutely. I used to go to clubs as a teenager as well. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a border town, so we'd go to Mexico a lot. And it is very, it is a different world when you're young and you're allowed to be in an adult's place. Yes. And just because you're in that space doesn't mean that you have to be treated like uh, you know everything yeah. that the adults know. Like, I would get up on, t- like, it's embarrassing to think about now because when I, if I see this, I'd be like, ugh. But I would, like, go to clubs, you know, short dress, heels, get on tables and be like, I'm dancing. And, of course, I would get attention. Of course, yeah. <laughs> like, of course. And, like, I used to think, like, wow, that people really see me. Like, if I left a club and someone followed me and was like, hey, can I get your number? I'd be like, wow. They they see me, they like me, but it's like, no, they, you were fucking dancing on a table. They saw a girl who was, like, down. <laughs> like, they were, they saw an easy target. But in my mind, I was like, well, I guess they must like my personality. <laughs> I don't know. I think it can go the other way, too, though, where it's like, oh, man, like, this guy's willing to put up with a girl who dances on tables. You know? Like, it can go both yeah. ways. It's just, yeah, it, it can be tricky, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, that was a, a good segue into um, how I like to intro my guests, which is I ask every guest for a good confession. Because, um, you know, confessions can get tricky, they can get dark, but um, they're also not always bad. So do you have something good you'd like to confess? Oh, man, I don't do that much good, but I do... Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people don't. I feel like we're taught to be so humble and yeah. not even talk about our successes, which is why I like to ask comedians to I brag. do love helping people, and I... Um, I have a ritual. This is going to sound so lame, especially because I host an <laughs> astrology podcast. But I have a ritual um, for yoga, which I practice like three to five times a week. And uh, one of the things that a lot of times in yoga, they're like, dedicate your practice to someone or something. And for a long time, I would always like pick something career oriented or personal. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've started uh, making it for other people. Oh, like I've started like picking out people that whoever texted me last or Uh uh, whoever just like it's arbitrary kind of. But like finding a way to be like, hey, I'm being here and doing this is for me. But whatever I'm sending it up to can be for someone else. So I guess that's, that's my so nice. good confession. That's a really great confession. Because I think also when you think that you're, when you're thinking about other people, the hope is like, okay, it all comes around. Like if we're all thinking about other people, then we're all helping each other out. And it's we're not insular. 
it's it actually reminds me of um were you raised religious at all yeah i was raised in <laughs> my mom will hate this if she ever hears it <laughs> i was raised in the greek orthodox church which my mom's like we're syrian and lebanese and so she'll uh-huh. say syrian but the sign on the outside of the church says greek okay uh but it's like pretty strict it's kind of like Catholicism, I guess. Yeah, I was going to mention Catholicism. I went to Catholic school for a year, but we used to do intentions. I don't know if you guys had that in the Greek Orthodox no. Church. No. But when you did pray, we did prayer every day, actually multiple times a day. But certain like classes, like in religion, we did it at the top of the day. And then at PE randomly, we'd do prayer. And um, we always they always ask for intentions, which I thought was my favorite part about prayer because people would just be like, uh, you could pray for people, basically. It kind of ended up sometimes being like popular girls would pray for the the cute boy. It, was, it ended up being like a kind of a big dick contest of like if you're praying for someone like, you know, look like I'm going to pray for the, this popular girl to get better and she's going to pray for me to get this. And it's like, oh, you guys got inside jokes now. You guys. Yeah. yeah. But, but I did like it because the idea of just praying for people was nice. I like that. That's really cool. I think I uh, when I was like maybe 13 or 14 i went to a methodist church with my friend i like slept over Mm -hmm. at her house and so i started going to youth group there and um i definitely there was definitely a like class system (laughs) or whatever and the things that would come up in a similar way but i think the negative side was Ah. like this idea of like Oh yeah, pray for Teresa. She's struggling, like that kind of oh, stuff. Where aggressive. it's like gossip, kind of. Oh man, where you're like uh, in front of ever. So you you might not even realize people are talking about you, and then suddenly you're you're being prayed for. And you're sure, like, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> or sometimes in front of everyone, where it's embarrassing, oh, where yeah. you're doing like a group thing. I think that's really like the nasty side of religion. I also used to. Uh, this is so stupid i used to um run a retreat for uh methodist teens that's why you're so good at running shows or running like (laughs) podcasts and shows and thank you i i was always so nervous about doing it i think maybe because i didn't fully feel all of the things that Mm -hmm. you say you're feeling when you're most people probably don't i think there's a lot of leaning into it posturing yeah and i think you can get caught up in it quick so maybe you can like catch those feelings. Sure. But yeah, I definitely was self-conscious that I didn't feel saved and all that <laughs> shit. So weird. Yeah. Can I say shit? I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think religion's really interesting. I wasn't really raised religious, but I went to a Christian preschool. Like most of the time my interactions with religion growing up were just because it was a better academic school. But then... Um, when I was a senior in high school, I was in public school. My dad became really religious. So then at the tail end of my childhood, religion played a big part, but it also caused a lot of conflict because it's like, yeah, when you're like born again, it's like, it's almost like any, anything, religion, whatever. Like if it's just like if your dad got really into cars or Or whatever or anything, yeah. Or drunk or, you know, it becomes, yeah, it becomes your different person all of a sudden. And that's all they talk about. Um, but I think it's good if it adds meaning to your life. Um, yeah, I like for a long time, I think I was like, I don't, especially running retreats and stuff and like having to 
tell other people stuff that I didn't believe yet. Oh, yeah. Like, as a teenager, being like, oh, yeah, this is what God is and stuff. And What were some of the things that, like, clashed with your beliefs? I just remember we had to lead Bible study, and it was, like, ten. It was usually ten people, and we would have one, like, elder Mm -hmm. that would just sit and watch, and, like, their whole thing was, like, say whatever you want. Like, we'll never repeat anything in this room. This is just for you guys to like connect. And um, I remember someone asked me something about like, what do you do when you know you're going to do something wrong Hmm. and you, you like, you know that you're going to sin and all this. And I just like made up bullshit. (laughs) And then afterwards we were leaving and the elder like pulled me aside and congratulated me on it. I was like, that was a really good way to handle that. And like, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, everyone's lying. This whole thing is just everyone like thinking of their own way to justify this. Right. God Mm -hmm. and make this okay for God. And like for a long time, I just was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be in the church. I don't want to be religious, like whatever. Now I'm coming back around to like a I believe in everything stance. Sure. Very open-minded. Yeah. I like, I would definitely go to church because I feel like I would, I don't go to church, but like my boyfriend's family is very religious. If they wanted to go to like a Sunday mass, I would go because I feel like the things they talk about are generally positive and you usually mm-hmm. you get something out of it. Yeah, it's very meditative. I, well, yeah, I, I think it depends. I've definitely been to mega churches where it's all about evangel evangelicism yeah. and it's all about recruiting and I can't like even listen without them being like you're new stand up accept Christ and I'm like all right I just like if you want me to accept Christ first show me what it is you know so yeah. there's a lot of that at um, mega churches I think I think that's funny and fun. it is really funny now as a comedian going to them I always uh I mean I don't go for material but if it goes awry like I I do like every once in a while going to church to try to like see if it's a fit i haven't quite found a place there but um every time i do if if it is like that i i do find myself checking out and kind of like taking mental notes for jokes which isn't great but like maybe that's my way of coping with like yeah. how disconnected i feel from the people there but oh you know steve hernandez used to be a pastor at one of those yeah places. that's so crazy to me, that's like <laughs> hilarious it's so fitting. It is funny because they always try to make jokes. Yeah. A lot, no, a lot they of want, they want like, you to have a good okay. time, man. Yeah. <laughs> so It's so funny. Yeah, those... Uh, I could probably do that. I bet if I, like, just, like, if I treat it, treat it like a show... You could definitely I do could, it. like, say shit I didn't mean. You just <laughs> have to be charming. <laughs> Rile people up. That's yeah. it. Yeah, get people riled up. I mean, my boyfriend's uh, history with religion, they, like or like snake charmer people <laughs> like they would like s- speak in tongues. They Whoa. had people like they had like famous wrestlers come in and wow. do youth group stuff. Oh, that's like, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, cool. I don't know. It's, it's I mean, intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I believe in it all. Yeah. I really, really, I'm really, really open to the, like the universe and science. And there's definitely been moments where, and especially recently, and I feel like when I, the universe has been talking to me or you call it God or whatever you want to call it. Um, but there's been things where I've been like, okay, well, whether it's real or not, it's, there are coincidences that are making me 
feel like I should do a certain thing. And so, and you know, whatever that is to you, it doesn't yeah. matter, but that's, that's, yeah. uh, and I think anyone, a therapist, a doctor, like anyone would agree. There's like cycles that happen. Sure. Seasons feel like some people get allergies every spring. Some people, you know, so it's like, yeah, there are th- like factors. Yeah. But I, okay. I'm curious about this. Cause kind of going back to what you were saying about talking about stuff you don't believe in. Do you ever feel like, cause I, I feel this sometimes too. Like I'm so much a person of like, I'm a very, I'm an idealist about a lot of things about like principles and philosophies and like I try to be a good person. And I, one of the big things is be, being honest. Like for me, I've always been like, be honest with me. I'll be honest with you. But like lately I've like the, uh, this past year, I've kind of found that sometimes people like don't want you to be honest. Sometimes people want to like uphold some fantasy yeah, I, I'm like trying to like. Does, I don't know if this makes sense. But like, for example, in relationships, sometimes there's a, a you know, a feeling of like, okay, let's pretend this is the thing just so we can make it work. Because if we really accept who we are to each other, we probably wouldn't yeah. like this or whatever. So sometimes you overlook certain things. And in my mind, I always want to be like, well, this is how I'm feeling. This is how you make me feel. This is my honest truth. If you don't like it, you should leave. But I've come to find that sometimes you have to scale back. And I don't know how I feel because this is what I'm trying now is like kind of faking it a little bit for the sake of like existing in the fantasy. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how that like there's a part of me that struggles with that because it feels dishonest. But also, is it more honest if that's sort of what people want? I think it's a delicate balance for sure because... um, I'm very aware of hurting people's feelings Uh and I don't want to do that ever. I think there is a difference to like filling in those roles and being, uh, uh, I'm acting wife right now or I'm acting girlfriend right now and you're acting boyfriend right now and we're Uh watching Netflix right now, like that kind (laughs) of thing versus like being delusional Uh and saying like, this is not a part of my life, but like for instance uh, being abused or uh-huh. something like that where you're you're acting you're still doing the same thing i'm acting girlfriend right now you're acting boyfriend right now but you're ignoring a huge mm-hmm. like huge huge thing and so i think it is important to be a little selfish in those situations where i'm acting girlfriend and you're acting boyfriend and we're watching netflix Versus I'm acting girlfriend, you're acting (laughs) boyfriend, and you're abusing me kind of thing. So I think it's important because I think that it can can quickly change the dynamic of your relationship if you're always appeasing the other person. Sure, it's like who is calling the shots. Right. Yeah. And and also you can delude yourself in a way too where it's like this is who I am, this is what I do. Every day I come home and make dinner for him or whatever uh-huh. that is. I think you that can become a pattern. So I for me, I feel like the hard part is like you said, lying and being like everything's fine. Oh, it happens in comedy all the time. Yeah. People are like, oh, I, I don't feel good about my set. And you're like, yeah, you didn't do well. <laughs> but you can't say that. Yeah. So you have to be like, you're so funny. I've gotten shit for that. Um, like, I won't be like, you didn't do well. But I've gotten shit for that when I've seen someone go up and clearly bomb. And then afterwards, I'd be like, yeah, I just like the room was tight or something. And I'd be like, oh, so you're saying I didn't do well? And I have to be like, no, no, no. Everybody, they were tight for everyone. But I'm like 
wait but like you were there like yeah, i wasn't no, i'm not insulting I, you I like and then i feel, feel like that. bad about it and then also i feel like if i say good set and they clearly bond they'll just be like, okay yeah there's so no like, winning what do you want me to say <laughs> no nothing because they bomb yeah, so they feel, they feel bad. bad that's true so it's like it doesn't matter that's what i mean where it's like sometimes it just benefits you to be honest that's true because i think it's if i bomb and someone's like i st- i like like i think you're funny that makes me feel better because honestly most of the time i'm just like oh god i'm embarrassed that these comedians saw me bomb like i don't fucking yeah, care if the audience sure. doesn't like me they don't like me so to me i'm like that is comforting if someone's like yeah man sorry but i th- still think you're cool and i'm like okay great like whenever someone's doing bad and i'm like watching it <laughs> i and god this now people are gonna think that when i say this that's what <laughs> i mean but a lot of the times i just try to think like Think of one thing you really like about their set. Yeah. And just, you don't have to say good set after. You can just be like, I really liked your sunflowers thing or whatever. Yeah, that's nice. And and sometimes I really do, like, sometimes the sunflowers thing kills. I'm not always just like, God, people are going to think if I say something nice about their set, I'm... No, because they, they mean bomb, something. You actually did like it, so you're yeah. not kinda, you're not lying. Yeah, or like just like think of something where it's like, God, like they engage people or they like move around a lot or whatever. Try to think of something positive. That's true, and I do think. Yeah, I think people just feel bad when they bomb. Well, speaking of judging people and shitting on them, um, I have a game. Right. I want to play. It's called okay. It's a bet. It's called Scoring Secrets, or here's the other title. It's called Guess the Movie with the Word Secret in the title by its <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes score. I love it. <laughs> so the the title kind of describes the game, but basically, I will read you a score on Rotten Tomatoes and a few reviews, and you have to guess what the title of the movie is, and okay. the title will have the word secret in it. That's Pretty straightforward. Ama- that's amazing. Yeah, if you can't guess it, you can ask for a hint. And oh, hint- don't worry. I'll be asking for a hint. <laughs> I'm very bad with pop culture. Okay, awesome. there's, there's a few. Okay, it's, it's going to be a couple questions. So here's the first one. This movie received a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm going to blank out anything mentioned of the title or people. So this is one of the reviews. Um, blank, the title of the movie, can sometimes feel like listening to a high school slam poet read from his latest diary entry. It's all too earnest and over-the-top heartfelt. You can't help but smile and look away. I'm going to read three reviews. If you guess it at any point, feel free to jump in. All right. You can have as many guesses as you want. Okay. This is surprisingly nowhere near the Hollywood nightmare you might be thinking or fearing. And here's the last review. It has little narrative interest and requires that the director latch onto a very specific airy tone of whimsy, lest the whole souffle collapse. Airy tone of whimsy. Any guesses? To be honest with you, I can't even think of a movie with the word secret in the title. I bet you can. I can't even. (laughs) Um, Okay, do you want the hint? Yeah, I do want the hint. The hint is Ben Stiller is always running away from something. Well, it's not Meet the Parents. It's not Greenberg. Those are my top two. Secret heavyweights? No. I I honestly no idea. Okay. It's the secret life of Walter Mitty. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> I'm a whore. I'm <laughs> terrible at this. I like that movie. You do? Okay, good. I haven't seen it. I'm one of like the one percent like, like uh fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No, so. yeah, but I'm at fifty one, <laughs> so I'm like oh, the one yeah, percent whatever. That's funny. good movie. Did you haven't seen it? I haven't. No, but I like him. Maybe I'll see it now. I think the cinematography is really cool. Oh, yeah. It yeah. seems like, well, based on the reviews, it seems like it, w- it had a lot of uh, hope and then maybe didn't execute it 
Right. I think it might be a little headier than mm-hmm. uh, a big production. I see. That makes sense. Okay, number two, 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right, okay. a bad movie. Here's a review. As much as you want to applaud the movie's winking commitment to its own Looney Tunes logic, it's frustrating when lazy and illogical plot devices are used like cattle prods. Glowing review. Uh, here's one. Here's another one. This sequel is what you would expect. If you like the original, you'll probably enjoy this retread. But be warned, it bogs down in a drawn-out scene near the end. And third review. This American history-themed action thriller doesn't get many points for realism, but it makes up ground in so many other areas that you probably won't care. Looney Tunes, American <laughs> history, no plot. I'm I'm boggled. It's I think a the sequel. Looney Tunes is an adjective. No, no, no. I knew, I know it's an adjective. No, I didn't think it was Space oh, Jam or anything. <laughs> but uh, I'm boggled. It's 36%. It was bad. But <laughs> it's about American history. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's a sequel. It's a sequel. Hint me. Uh, the lead actor is Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Someone listening right now is going to be so <laughs> mad because I hate Nicolas Cage. Um, oh, National Treasure, Secret something. Book of Secrets. There it yeah, is. Yeah, there you go. I'll give you the point. Man, love the National Treasure film. Don't know why it got 36. I feel like it deserves uh, at least as much as Walter Mitty. Better review? Yeah, Yeah. true. I would say it's the acting that's (laughs) subpar. People just hate him. I think people feel very very polarized by him. A lot of people love him. I like him a lot, but, you know, he's very much hit one note. So if you like that, you like that. If you don't, don't, I like things where you... Get, get what you expect. Like, yeah. So I, I know okay. what I'm getting with him. Yeah. All right. Uh, if he was in a musical, however, I'd be like, fuck that. Uh, okay. Number three. Uh, this had an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, okay. Here's the first review. Uh, title of movie is good enough to satisfy hardcore fans, even if it falls short of being truly transporting movie making. Number two. Director Blank has pushed the envelope further, made a sequel that is pacier and more swashbuckling. Yet it all feels... Yeah, it still feels cautious and reined in. And the third review. The franchise is safe. The director's second alchemical movie moves movie ups the thrill quotient to satisfy the faithful. There's more action and it's scarier. I mean, it's gotta be Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean uh secret something. Almost <sighs> Pirates of the Secret. It's gotta mm. be it's a swashbuckling. <laughs> Okay, I can see how you would think that. Uh, the hint is... Do you want a hint? Yes. The book was better. Well, that's not a hint. <laughs> the, oh, is it Harry Potter? Yeah. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yes, ding, ding, ding. You got it. Well, that, huge fan. Huge, <laughs> huge Harry Potter head. Good. I, yeah, I was going to make a more obvious hint, but then I was like, it'll be too obvious. Um, okay, here's the final question. Right, this had an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. The film has charm without wandering into the realm of magic. Number two, though it can get laborious and produces the odd unintended chuckle, blank is charming and sometimes chillingly authentic. And the third review, the movie's dark themes, unhurried pace, and talkiness make it something of a gamble for many children. But older children, especially those who have been asking specific questions about death, may find some nourishment in this garden. Garden? Come on. 
The Secret Garden? Yes. Really? <laughs> I Damn. thought about blinking out Garden, but I was like, Damn, I think she needs this one. <laughs> I've never seen the movie, but I definitely read the book and I think it had an impact on me, but I don't remember it. Like, I, don't, I couldn't tell you the main characters' names or anything, but I, I definitely. Maggie Fisher? Maggie, what's her face? No. Maggie Fisher? Is that her name? I don't know. The old lady. Yeah, the old Maggie lady. Smith. It's Maggie so Smith isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, you're right. An exploration of death <laughs> for children. I mean, yeah. I it's also the name of the human growth and development uh, movies you guys watch. No, I don't know. The Secret Garden. No. Is isn't it? A, no, it's not. Isn't it a euphemism? Isn't it a euphemism for I, la- lady yeah, parts? Absolutely. Your secret Garden. I we I grew up in Texas and we um like we weren't taught evolution in in uh, high oh. school. So you were just taught creationism, or just no? Not we weren't taught. We weren't taught how oh, things happen. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Well, that just so leads me to... Definitely no secret garden. No secret garden. <laughs> well, I would think you'd be more likely to study... Oh, I guess you wouldn't study magic, but you'd be more likely to study metaphors and euphemisms if they didn't want to talk about it. Oh, that yeah, that's interesting. Maybe that uh, helped to uh, for my analytical brain for comedy or something. Sure. But I, uh, well, I was religious then. And also I, I don't know. I feel like that is such a disservice to children. Like, yeah, don't, don't call, them don't call it a is. science class then. Right, exactly. Because you know? then they got to one day be like, everything you learned is wrong. And you're like, what? Yeah. Um, speaking of which, is there anything you'd like to tell me? Oh, man. Uh, not that I'd like to tell you, but I feel like I <laughs> got to say, um, I used to be a Republican. I feel like it's uh, more common than you think. Uh-huh. And people definitely don't want to talk about it in Hollywood sure. because, I mean, oh, what a yikes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I d- like, obviously wasn't educated in the way of, like, current events, politics, basic science, and where you grew up in a very Republican area? No, I actually grew up in a Democratic county in Texas, but uh, my dad was super strict and conservative. Like, he used to have, like, a signed photo of George W. Bush in our house. Oh, I wow. have, like, a joke about it. But, um, yeah, super strict, super conservative, and my family's kind of conservative, uh, growing you know, more and more yeah. as, as, you know, people come out of the closet or marry people of color, you know, right. growing their, like, expanding their breadth of uh, people or I don't know how you say it. I mean, I, yeah, I've, I know Republicans, my, un- my uncle's Republican. I remember seeing a George Bush picture in his house once and being like <gasps> because I was raised in the Bay Area and super liberal where it was like everybody was it's almost like cool to be democratic and so when I saw it I was like oh but then I'm like oh no this is a two-party system there's tons yeah, of people yeah. who are on, on the other party so I do think it's it's interesting when you're growing up and you don't quite see the big picture of like it does feel like it's like us versus them whereas it should be more like we're all equ- we all make up this uh system in a way I definitely felt like in high school, at least, uh, that it was like cool to be conservative. Yeah. It was, and maybe it wasn't 
but maybe it was like a wealth or status thing unlike the kids I wanted to be friends with or the people that were popular the people that had nice clothes or whatever were like obviously so this was like when you were young like before you were even voting yeah and I like I can't honestly like I guess what switched me is like in college taking uh women's studies courses and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and learning about how fucking (laughs) all of the magazines you read are training you to think a certain way and stuff like that like opening my mind where did you go to college uh arizona state university not a great school but uh, they're conservative too right um are they not i think arizona is pretty arizona is definitely conservative but the university it is mm. i mean it's one of the biggest universities in the u.s and it's largely liberal kids because they're teaching college right they're trying to make you expand your mind and make you learn more and i think college professors in general lean liberal mm-hmm. so i think they're kind of pressing that i definitely wrote i actually i couldn't find it for today but yeah. i Recently, I like looked it up. I wrote a letter to the editor of our newspaper at home when I was in high school about, uh, and I think it's even funnier to me now, though some people will think it is horrifying, but funny to me, <laughs> uh, especially with like the trans bathroom issue and all of the mm-hmm. stuff now. Uh, I wrote this letter. There was some, I think, firefighters in my hometown had an issue about I think there was one female firefighter on the force and she wanted her own bathroom uh-huh. because she didn't want to share a bathroom with the men. Right. And I wrote some letter and it's like, it's so funny to read. I, I wish I had the exact verbiage, but basically it's like she chose to be a firefighter. So she knew what the bathrooms were going to be like. like oh, it's man. very like very <laughs> bad, very fucking awful. Like cringeworthy, where I, like reading yeah, it. Yeah. Plus, she tempted Adam in the Garden of Eden. Exactly. So exactly. Where it's like, what it. was she wearing? Like it's it's like that level <laughs> of like like yeah. She chose to be a firefighter. Like she knew what the bathrooms were gonna be like, and maybe she should just suck it up and like <laughs> just shower or whatever. And like I I mean, for sure, that was a young kid that assumed that. Um, men in the workplace would be respectful right? and let her do whatever, like let her have her time in the restroom <laughs> and shit like that. And now that I'm, I've grown and I've met people in the world and I've interacted with men in the workplace, I'm like, uh-huh. oh, that's bullshit. Right. Dude, they should have given her a fucking own locker room. Are right. you kidding me? <laughs> like, but I mean like reading that in print and just seeing it like, Oh, I can't imagine did it was it a big part of your identity to be Republican? I I don't know if it was necessarily a part of my identity. I think I was just ignorant mostly and thought it was cool and like I don't know. I guess I just I definitely was like a polo shirt. Uh-huh. Uh polo shirt and jeans every day to school kind of person, Abercrombie and Fitch kind uh-huh. of person. Like I I definitely embodied those things, which I think we now think are lame. Uh Uh-huh. But I don't know if 
it was a part of my identity because I don't know if I knew what it meant. Sure, it was more social for you than political. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I was, I didn't identify, like, I think it was enough of my identity, but only like a piece of it, of being democratic, because it was a big talk. And I think with Bush and Gore and the the election happening around that time was when I was being aware of uh, political parties. But, um, but uh, yeah, I lived, I had a roommate in college that was Republican and she was like head of the Republic, the college Republicans and they would put, I mean, and she was great. Uh, we were good friends. Um, and she was a nice person. So this made me, but it, I always was like, we didn't talk politics and I think she was socially liberal. Like she was like pro gay marriage and yeah, all this stuff, yeah. but very fiscally conservative. But the the club would put on pretty sketchy activities, I think, to stir up stuff. This was before she was there. They had a thing called Catch the Illegal Immigrant as a game, oh like a field God. day on Washington Square Park, where they just like did a tag thing. But I think they did. This was pre like stuff going viral, really. And I think they were trying to get make some noise. So in a way, you're like from the other side, it looks so bad. But then maybe they were trying to make some point. I don't know. Yeah, it would like, you know, but like it is to me, like it like gets me in the gut when I hear that. I'm like, oh, that's awful. But then I meet these people and they're like, well, we don't like hate people. We're just trying to show that there's a problem. And and if that's what you believe, that there's a problem, then I could see how maybe that would get the attention you would want. But it is it is weird to me because to me, I'm so much like, no, just love everyone. I'm the same. I also (laughs) I think Republicans are uh if you're listening, I'm sorry, but uh, I think they're quicker to sacrifice their morality for stuff like that. Sure. Where I think for liberal people, it's definitely harder to uh, make the the butt of the joke. It's yeah. harder to punch down. It's harder to like do those things. And so um, the the inverse, I guess, of like catch the. Im- legal immigrant Ugh. is uh like i think josh androsky did like trumpkin uh-huh where they smash pumpkins and it's <laughs> like it one side feels so much less mean than the other for sure because i think it's hard to like for liberal people you are looking at a lot of things from not your perspective from the perspective right. of people who don't have enough and people who can't get into this country legally and people who, you know, all of these things you're, you're trying to put yourself in that position. So when you do a fundraiser, it's like, Oh, well like we'll smash pumpkins. That'll get some attention. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think the punching down thing is something a lot of Republicans don't understand because I've heard it spinned around, especially lately with this administration. They'll, they call it the intolerant left, right? Because it's about like, they're like, well, they won't tolerate any um variation exactly (laughs) and uh and it's like this mental gymnastics but at the end of the day it's like no because they're when you're punching down it's different but i don't think they get that because from where they're standing they're like they don't think of themselves as up they're just like here's where i am so anybody attacking me is like oh no invader somebody's attacking me and so they're not thinking like oh somebody's trying to like get up and i can help them no, they're for just saying sure. someone's trying to take away all my gold and you're like or like open your doors and you'll see that they don't want to hurt you they just want to be like you i don't know yeah i think that's definitely the case i think that um and also you know you know being a republican as a kid and be, i was like a piece of shit in high school i feel like <laughs> i used to say this thing that uh i would like leave trash places 
and say that that helps employ people. <laughs> and it's like whatever whatever kind of justification where did I learn that from? Like I like yeah. made this rule up that like if I leave trash on the sidewalk, that means someone has to pick it up. Were you also the kind of person who would be like, oh, uh, poor people are that way because they don't work hard? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I think also I, my mom owns a small business and I started working there in like fifth grade. Right. And so I think I didn't realize that until after college, probably, that a lot of people don't just have a job. Right. Because. Yeah. The I, system. Kind yeah. Of does I keep was you. just like, oh, given a job at in sixth grade. Uh huh. And not that I a job like I like doing it and going to work with my mom and hanging out and stuff. But I think for me, it was like oh, you could just work hard. And it's like, oh, no, like, you have to submit a resume. You have to have certain skills. You have to know certain people to get into any kind of industry. Yeah, connections are really important. I think that's that's something that I think about, too, because I – it is especially like having lived in big cities like LA and New York you see a lot of homeless people like I'll I'll do stuff where I give back and like go give out food and stuff like that but then there are days when it's like sometimes homeless people will be like do you have any you know food to spare and I'm like I skip lunch three days in a row because I'm broke and I can't pay my rent and it's like obviously I still I do have more than them I have a house and whatever and I'm complaining about rent but it, it is a kind of thing where sometimes uh it does make you step back and think like well at what degree like like, I guess I could invite them in and give them a home. Like, I do have that power. So I'm like, how how much am, like, it, there is sort of this, like, compartmentalization of, like, I want to help, but also, like, now I'm, w- am I going to have a meal tomorrow? And I'm worried about that. But also, like, could I sell all my shit and live on the street? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Like, so it, it gets tricky when you start doing these, like, gymnastics, I think. Yeah, it absolutely does. I think there's some old uh, story. I people are this is like hack to say but about um handing every man that asks for a dollar on the street a dollar and at the end of the day you have no dollars uh-huh and it's like then you're the person on the street asking for a dollar you know it's like that whole cycle and i think the way that we definitely the way we treat the homeless in this country is like deplorable the I mean, the shelters, the housing, like the whole, whatever. LA is a fucking nightmare with housing. Yeah. It's awful. I think that uh, there is a way to, you don't have to give every dollar of yours to help. And I think there is a way to help. And I think that we have a lot of resources as a community, as a culture, as a country. Mm-hmm. And I think we just don't use them appropriately that's true yeah it's hard because i think there is there are things when like you have the resource is a big thing and and time is big things like i'll do volunteer stuff when somebody else is organized but like i i i'm not organizing them on my own it's like could i do that maybe so it is a thing of like well somebody's made their job doing that but it does take time to really put i can't just be like i'm i have two hours to spare i'm gonna go give out food because it takes some um overhead costs to start an organization or to figure out connections with places that will donate food. And so it's easier to go through an organization, but then that's somebody's full-time job. And so now that person's out of the workforce or whatever. Yeah. yeah, It's a a tricky thing. I do think that of the liberal people I know versus the conservative people I know, 
I do think that um, the conservative people I know volunteer more. I think they donate more money to charity. Uh, and that's probably just because the liberal people I know are young, broke, and comics mm-hmm. for the most part. But I do think that that's something that we can do to kind of combat this idea of the in an intolerant of intolerance left sure. and just do more good because and and I don't I'm not saying like the that Republicans do more good. I do think Republicans like would choose a cause like a dog shelter or something mm-hmm. like that and then ignore the fact that human beings are being right detained in cages or separated from their families or a lot of other things that are happening in this country and and i'm so i'm not saying that they're like being more forthwith or better or whatever but i just think that they want something to feel good about so they sure. choose these causes well they care more about image for sure absolutely so i think they do a lot of galas and join high society groups that do philanthropy Absolutely. For the purpose of feeling good and looking good. And I think that we can, as liberals, take that and say, okay, I'm going to go, yeah, I am pro-life. So I'm going to go walk people through those mm-hmm. crowds of anti-abortion people to their Planned Parenthood appointment. Or I'm going to go even just donating to your local shelters, finding out your local stuff, because that helps so much in your community. And the, like you said, those people are people that they do their full-time job of yeah, working for others. So I think that's something we can really learn. I guess. Yeah, I think that's well said. So when did you change? Uh, so I, you just in college, was it like one moment in class or was it gradual? Like, did you find yourself struggling with your identity when you started uh, opening up to progressive ideals? Not really. I still, I now I do struggle more because I still have a lot of problematic points of view. I mean, I'm more aware of it, no, stuff no. now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate women. I don't think they're funny. I don't think they should be in comedy. Um, no, but like I do value traditional marriage roles. Uh-huh. I like cooking for my boyfriend. I like doing those things and... So how would you feel if someone was like, I expect you to cook? I've been in that relationship, oh, too. And did it uh, bother you? Uh, uh, did not work out well. <laughs> I definitely can understand why women don't want to do that. Like, I totally get that. I, But I do value these certain things. And, and not that I think it's the right way or anything like that. But I like doing it. I like serving mm-hmm. men and that I, that sounds fucking awful but but it's a choice you like it when it's a choice right if somebody right. were like if somebody were like well i'd rather you stay home and cook instead of going out because i'll make the money would that would that sit well with you uh yeah that'd be tight would, <laughs> like being a housewife yeah that'd be fucking dope but also i wouldn't ever tell anyone to do that mm-hmm. i would never be like you should give up your career also if if the part of being the housewife was no more stand up. 
oh, okay, no, fuck <laughs> that. I mean, no, you know. But I've heard that before from people, like, especially in the artist community, where they'll be like, oh, I was with this uh, guy. Like, women will be like, I was with this guy, and he's great and perfect, wanted to settle down, and he wanted to get married. And he was like, well, you're, you can give up your singing career when you, we get married, because you'll be married. And they'd be yeah. like, oh, you don't understand. Like, yeah. this isn't no, a hobby. for like, sure. <laughs> and it's this is a neat, this is something yeah. I need to do. And I think that, so now I think I struggle with that more because I'm more aware of, especially women's issues and like the gay community. I, I lived with a couple of gay guys when I, I broke off an engagement a while back mm-hmm. and that was, so I was learning more about that and I'm still obviously learning every day about race in this country and about like all of these important issues, important to people issues. But I guess if I had to say like when I decided or when things changed for me, um, like Obama's second election, I was living with two friends in college and I, one of my friends and I were watching the debates and I never tuned into anything political. I subscribed to the identity or the uh-huh. whatever, but I had never really like clocked in with what was going on. And it was so interesting to me to watch him make his points. And God, who is he running against? McCain, maybe? I think so. Uh, and yeah, he was from been. Arizona, I think. So uh-huh. that's where I was living. I think. I could be wrong because whoever it is made no impression on me. And, <laughs> and Barack Obama no, did. No, wasn't it? Um, why am I seeing a, a, a younger guy? I think McCain was the first election. Did he run against him again? No, no, no. You might be right. Because it would have been the oldest versus the... Now I'm so curious. Who was it? Look it up. Mitt Romney. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Mitt Romney, women's issue. Yes, of (laughs) course. Um, So watching the debates with my friend and being like, oh, uh, this is so fucked up. Like, this is so fucked. Was it Sarah Palin? Sarah Palin was the, in the candidate, first. vice candidate. Um, Paul Ryan. Okay, so Sarah Palin yeah, was the first one. Yeah, she was one. the first one. So, um, w- yeah, just watching. Yeah, they were anti. Watching a, the a debate, lot of women's yeah, rights. A lot of women's rights stuff, and watching it with my friend and being like, "Oh, this is like fucked up," and then and I never watched a political debate before, so that was very interesting to me. And then uh, one of our other friends had said that she was voting for Romney and she hadn't watched any of it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you're ignorant. And I think that's the first time it clicked for me. That Uh was like, oh, you're just voting, but you're not... Informed. You didn't sit with us and watch it. So I think that was the first time that I was like, oh, that's what I've been doing this whole time, is just subscribing to this idea or whatever... Oh, my mom's a small business owner, so, you know, Republicans help small businesses. Like, says who? Says right. fucking who? <laughs> like, that's just a idea that someone presented me and I accepted. Yeah. And so seeing that, I think that helped me learn, like, oh, okay, so you can just be more informed and just keep being more informed and keep whatever. And so I think that helped me grow and learn. I mean, doesn't I, – I don't know how to – say like this doesn't translate if you don't want to help 
if you don't want to be informed. Right. But I also think it seems like a very organic way of you discovering what you truly believe. And around an age, yeah. like college is kind of the age you really become who you are. Because it, it maps out well. Like, I mean, it, it makes sense when you're a kid, you kind of go by just what you think is like everybody around you is yeah. thinking. And then you have your own experience and, and that informs who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And also I think if you're like listening to this and thinking like, well, how do I get out of my mindset or whatever? I don't have a way to yeah. yeah, inform yourself, do your whatever, do your civic duty, go to jury duty when they call you, whatever. (laughs) But I also think the most important thing is just meet other people, leave your hometown, go meet other people and go like sit with a friend that wants to watch the political debate, even if you're like, this fucking boring shit. Right, L- like if hearing other viewpoints will help you. But even the jury duty thing is interesting because we're talking about like broke comics. I feel like you hear so much people joking about how they're like, oh, I don't want to go, and they like d- go through extreme lengths just to not go. And these are like supposedly liberal people who are like, I want the, you know, g- yeah. I want reform. And then also they're like, hi i'm gonna try to get out of this shit and you're like i don't Absolutely. know like if you, <laughs> you want reform you gotta give back a little bit to your government that's giving oh, to you. oh for sure but i also think that some of that comes from this i i do i mean it goes this where like people <laughs> from my hometown will be like okay socialist you know you think everything just fucking works and it blah, 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 <laughs> works on paper or whatever which yeah sure true absolutely but i do think that some of the idea is like um, why do I have to go through this pain to either indict or or re- release someone from a system I don't already believe sure. in? If the prison system was something that we saw helped people and we saw right, that's true. made people reform, then maybe I could make a decision on whether or not this person deserves to go to prison but I know that no matter what, whether they're innocent or guilty, if they go in the system... Yeah, it's fucked. It's fucked. Yeah. They can't get a job. They can't whatever. Like Recently, I obviously host an astrology podcast, and recently one of our fans reached out to us about how a lot of prisoners want astrology books. That's like something that doesn't huh. get... Like, it gets... They get off the shelves immediately. Right. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's like, I never, honey, fucking privilege, I never even thought about that you can't just read whatever books you want. Right, it's Be- whatever's available. It's whatever's you. available, and I think we have this idea that like, oh, well, you're in prison, so you're basically like fucking off all day and like mm-hmm. getting a law degree. That's like a common thing is like, oh. Getting peop- a, oh, really? Yeah, oh. or you know, finding Jesus, reading the whole Bible or sure, learning sure, the sure. entire legal getting system ripped. because you want to get out of prison. Uh-huh. You, they read law books, they get degrees, they do, uh, prisoners do amazing things, but it's not, it's against all odds. It's not like, right. oh, here's all this shit that's given to you. Go get a degree while you're yeah. incarcerated. Like, that's not the case. And so I think that it is hard to be like, yeah, I want to go to jury duty and, like, decide this person's fucking fate, whether I believe they're guilty or not. Like, for me, it's like, I I never want to send anyone to fucking jail. I mean... Yeah. No, not like no matter what they did, because certain things, of course, well, incite an emotional needs response. To be but fixed. Before, yeah, 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 yeah. That's well said. It's fucked up. I know everything's <laughs> kind of fucked up. Um, 
Well, people are always growing and changing. So that's yeah. hopeful because I think that that means that people's views can change. Like I, I have always been, I guess, liberal, but I have definitely changed my point of view since I was a kid, like about things. I've been more informed and like, you know, learned more nuance why I believe what I believe. So I think everybody's capable of that if you only open yourself up. So, <laughs> yeah, I can be super stubborn, too. So I know it's hard to change your mind mm-hmm. and and like. That's just something you have to work on as a human being is being able to take in what you're given, process it through your like whatever your machine is in your head Mm -hmm. and make it make the most sense to you. And hopefully that doesn't hurt other people at the end of the day. Yeah, that's a good rule of thumb. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm glad we got to talk about it. I feel like that got real deep. Um, (laughs) Where can people find you? Uh, Find me on the Internet at A-S-I-L-N-O-U-X early adopter you know didn't (laughs) know to just put my name in there (laughs) uh yeah um or follow my podcast what's your sign on instagram listen if you like astrology don't listen if you don't it's really good you guys should listen to it even if you don't like astrology it's very informative (laughs) thank you and you guys can uh leave me a confession if you want to by calling the confession hotline 323-388-3521 or if you